from beautiful Ashland, Oregon, I am Pleiadian Emissary of Light, Caroline Ra. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. Today we have the pleasure of visiting with internationally recognized mindfulness and meditation expert, Lee Papa. Lee will share with us how she shifted her own life from chaos, drama, exhaustion, illness control, and lack of fulfillment to health, joy, abundance, and a passion for life that she deliberately created. Using these same concepts, tools, and processes, Lee has taught tens of thousands of individuals how to shift their lives and create the best expression of themselves. Lee is the author of The Temple of All Knowing, which chronicles her near-death experience and awakening process. We'll be learning all about her latest offering as Lee has brought her five-day Mindful Makeovers program into a concise and very thorough transformational online program. Lee Papa glows with joy and love. She brings positivity and wisdom to all that she does. I am delighted to welcome to Spirit of the Dawn, Lee Papa. Lee, thank you so much for joining with us today. Thank you, Carolyn. It is such a delight. Oh, wow. Lee, can you give us an idea of what your world looked like before you developed mindfulness and meditation practices? What was going on in your world then? Oh, do we want to go there? It's not so pretty. <laughs> we want to go there a little bit. It's just an idea. Sure, I'm just teasing you. Absolutely. No, it, it's, um, uh, you know, it was a world that, uh, that was full of chaos, was full of uh, drama and trauma. And um, I will, I'll paint the picture a little bit for you. I was married at the time and uh, had just newly moved to Las Vegas from LA and um, a young child and uh, just a couple years old and um, and there were some challenges in in that arena as well it took us years to conceive and then my elderly mother was living with us we had uh, moved her from uh, the east coast to Las Vegas, and that's really what was the motivator to come to Las Vegas, is that she had fallen and broken her hip, and she had been lying on the floor for 45 minutes trying to crawl to the phone. And so it was, um, it was a decision that it was time for her to uh, get some um, more hands-on care. And uh, it was, you know, quite an undertaking for uh, my family and um, especially everyone back east preparing her for that move and then uh, moving to Vegas. And so uh, I seem to had the ability (laughs) to, although my intentions were good, that uh, things just didn't seem to work out the way that I had planned. Um, My mom and I had an amazing relationship. We were, you know, two peas in a pod attached at the hip. Um, My uh, sister had said to me, years and years ago um you don't really uh, know like you mom seems to change when when you're there and she's a different person with you than she is with me or my other sister and that kind of thing and i just thought that was you know i didn't understand that and um but i had lived on the west coast and i would kind of come in 
for this whirlwind wonderful experience of being with family for a week or two weeks and then I would be gone. So, you know, the day-to-day -day living, I wasn't, I wasn't there for, for um, you know, over 20 years, I would say. And, um, and so there was that relationship with my mother that, uh, you know, I think that we all can relate in some form that there's a relationship that you come into this world with and, um, and it brings its challenges sometimes, but it's also such uh, yumminess when you move through it and you understand what that lesson was. Um, so there was the relationship with my mom. There was the relationship with my then husband. Um, he just not on the same page. There was love and uh, we came together in, in both of our opinions uh, now after the fact to have this extraordinary child, which we did. And, um, but there was a lot of um, rub in our relationship. I'm kind of doing this, although I don't think you can see me. Um, and, uh, and so I was trying to make my world fit. My mom had, uh, my mom has since transitioned, but she used to say to me from, from early on that I tried to uh, shove a square peg in a, in a round hole, right? You've heard that expression. And um, I've also been told that I uh, would need to run into a brick wall for me to get what I needed to learn. Why can't you just hear it and understand and not, not run into that brick wall? Well, I was somebody that just needed to have the experience. Um, and so my world surrounded um, around these relationships and, um, and always looking outside myself for something, anything, uh, to make me happy. And uh, I was ill all the time. Anything that came down the pike, I got. And um, it could have been, you know, I had been diagnosed early on with lupus. I had, you know, anything that would come in that was a cold or a flu or whatever, I just knew I was going to get it. And as we know, because I knew I was going to get it, I got it. Um, so just a lot of, uh, a lot of chaos, um, a, a lot of feelings of lack, uh, and that stemmed uh, from my feelings of lack within myself. I wasn't full. And, um, and so I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And so there were, I was always externally looking for some kind of peace and well-being um, that doesn't reside externally. So that's a bit in a nutshell. Thank you for sharing all that. It's interesting. When I read your book, The Temple of All Knowing, I so related to your story, though my situation was different, that lack of belief in myself completely and understanding myself and having that healthy relationship with myself was uh, very similar mm. in my life. You had a near-death experience that was quite profound and unusual. Um, would you just, could you describe some of it to us? I love that you say it was unusual. I, I have not done any kind of studying on near-death experiences because I didn't want it to, um, I didn't want it to bleed into my experience. And so when it occurred, I really wasn't sure what the heck it was. Um, so this was in 2000, oh gee, 2008. And um, uh, once again, I was ill. I had an upper respiratory infection or something to that extent. And my husband had 
wanted to go on a, a Vipassana or Vipassana, I know that it's pronounced different ways, um, uh, retreat, which is noble silence. And so he was going um, towards your way, I believe, <laughs> for this 10-day noble silence retreat. And what that meant was he was going to drive there. As soon as he walked in the doors, there was no communication, not phone, not texting, no technology. That was it. He was done. Um, to give you a little backstory, as soon as we moved here, he was in a major car accident that completely changed who he was. And so we were battling that as well. And so fully supportive for him to go however he needed to find his way. And so he went, our son uh, was three years old and my mom was living with me. And so the beauty of having someone living with you is that they're always there. And um, the curse of that is that they're always there, right? It's <laughs> like, hey, wherever I could find peace, you know, I was going to the bathroom, hiding in a closet, whatever, just to not hear my name being called. Um, but at this point in time, I found it interesting that my mom was nowhere to be found. And I, uh, my husband had said his goodbyes and he uh, moved into his noble silence. And I promised him that I was going to go to the doctor to get some antibiotics for this. He was a little worried about me um, not being well while he was gone. And so I did that the day he left. I went to the doctors. I got these antibiotics, which at that point I was already moving away from that, but felt like this was you know, pretty bad. I needed to take care of it in the short term. So got the antibiotics, did not rest. I somehow felt that now that my husband was away, there were things I needed to do in the house. <laughs> I wanted to make some changes. I wanted to decorate this. I wanted to get things done. And so I didn't honor that my body was shutting down. And, uh, and so by, I believe, the second or third day, I was, um, I was really down. And I was in bed, and I had called my doctor saying that these antibiotics weren't working and um, before I could actually get new antibiotics, I was at a stage that I couldn't even get up. I felt uh, my body staying and my spirit lifting. And what was running through my head very distinctively was um, I was trying to call my mom and only a whisper was coming out. I didn't know where she was. My son was running around the house. I had no idea where he was. I could not get up. And, um, and if something happened to me, my mother would not know how to get in touch with my husband. And so all of this was playing a role, but what was not playing a role was fear. It was like what you do when you pack to prepare for a trip. My mental state was, oh, this is happening. I feel what this is happening and I need to prepare so that I can go. And uh, I found the strength somehow to grab the phone and call my girlfriend who lived down the street, who happens to be my son's godmother and um, my oldest, dearest friend. And she came over and she picked up my son. And I uh, have no idea how much time lapsed during that, but I went out of my body. I went to the light and it was extraordinary. It was... Um, life-changing it was beyond what our limited words can explain and when i wrote the book the temple of all knowing um 
it was a real challenge to be able to extract words that would even hint at the extraordinary experience that this was. And I was a vibrational being. I had no physical body form. It was um, the most freeing, profound thing that has ever uh, been a part of my physical incarnation. And um, I was ready. I was, it was like, take me on the light tray home. I was really ready. And uh, this bliss, this extraordinary feeling of bliss that is on that other side. And what I've come to learn is that this was kind of like um, the train platform. I'm using the analogy of the train. But this was kind of the tweener place. This was before you actually go to the other side. It was a holding place um, in the light. And um, I noticed up ahead that I was being greeted by two light beings and um, they morphed in and out of um, form. So they, I, I can see them in my mind's eye now. Uh, they would, uh, one was a little taller than the other. One was very distinctively male energy. One was very distinctively female energy. And they would morph into the outline of a human form. And then as one unit, as one whole uh, ball of light. And so it kind of, uh, kept changing until it, they were right in front of me and telepathically communicating with me um, that this is, um, you know, kind of a, a welcome. This is where we are and it's not your time basically. And, um, and I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> I'm staying. Um, and so <laughs> one, one of the, um, one of the really amazing, um, pieces of wisdom that I gleaned from that experience is that um, the, the old me prior to the near-death experience was all about attachment. The other side, there is absolutely no attachment. The love quotient grows enormously and our attachment goes to zip, whereas we've got things quite a bit backwards here. Right. So it's about what can I achieve? What can I accomplish? What can I own? What can I have? What's mine, 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 mine to try to feed us. But when we realize that the extraordinary love that is ours, when we let that grow, we don't need the stuff. We don't need the attachment. There is no, you know, oh, they're going to get remarried or, oh, you know, any kind of jealousy or attachments of, of any kind. They're gone. Um, so that was what happened is that here and anyone that has a child or even a you know a, a fuzzy child a furry child um you know knows that on this plane we have attachment you know we don't want anything to happen to our dog or our cat or our child or our partner we you know we love and are attached to them um but on the other side the love that i felt for my family and my child was just beyond uh, words and yet I was like let's you know let's go uh, you know it's okay he'll be fine so do you want me to detail what what happened at that point well it seems you did come back into your body yeah <laughs> <laughs> you had work to yeah, do it wasn't your time well and what happened was it really was um, it was twofold so uh, I was given not really a life review, but more of a relationship review where the 
the individual that I had a relationship with, that energy would enter me. I would feel the extraordinary love and the wisdom and knowledge that I gleaned from that relationship. And then as that one passed, a new one would come and um, they left my son to last. And uh, the love was very different. It was softer. It was purer. And it was so, so yummy. And, um, and yet after that feeling passed, I said, you know, it was great. I was able to have this child. I was uh, gifted this extraordinary um, experience to love for, as only a mother can love and to birth this child. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, let's go. Um, and, and they said, you know, that we have free will on the other side as well. And so it was purely my choice to come or go. Um, but my work was not done and it revolved a lot around my son. Um, his name means bringer of light and that he had lost a mother early on in previous lifetimes. And at such a young age, his work would not be able to be done if he had been hit with this trauma at such a young age. And so um, they said uh, that they wanted, oh, see, it even triggers now. I can feel the emotion welling up. Um, they wanted me to feel what he would feel at the loss of his mother. Wow. And I describe it in the book as shards of glass ripping through your soul. And, you know, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll make you say, yeah, okay, I'll go back. It's... Um, so it, the, the, the reason was twofold for uh, predominantly, mostly for my son and what his role in this world will be. And secondly, that my work was not done to uh, raise the light quotient in this world that needs it so desperately. Well, thank you for coming back and staying here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Um, Lee, you glow. Uh, you absolutely glow, and you share your glowing with everyone you meet with when you speak in front of large groups, when you are in a one-on-one -on -one situation. You always glow. And uh, I'd like to know something about your personal processes that you infused your own life with that were changing for you that you now use with your clients with businesses that you consult with what do you do what did you change what did you evolve in your life good question thank you um uh first of all thank you for the compliment about the glowing that's probably the best compliment um ever that i could receive thank you. <laughs> um you know it wasn't always so uh, I was never really comfortable in my own skin and, um, and others would perceive that as being standoffish sometimes. And, um, um, it was really a protection mechanism that, um, you know, to be seen, right. And to be transparent. And, um, and so when I teach, I, I talk about that, we are all here on this planet um, having a process of healing. We're always in a process of healing and expansion. And so my process of healing and expansion is the same. Everyone is, is on the same. Um, and so I think that when you, people talk about enlightenment and when you've reached enlightenment, um, that 
in my perspective, then you don't need to, you know, be here anymore and you certainly don't need to come back, right? Um, so my goal, my personal goal is um, to, in every day, every uh, mundane task, that I extract whatever wisdom and knowledge that I can glean from that experience to heal and to expand. And to know that whatever happens in my world, it is always a direct reflection of me. And that goes with everyone. And so when I developed my program, so at, uh, let me back up a little bit. After the near-death experience, um, I came back with this residual, you know, this residue on me. It's, um, it, it's, I hear a beeping. <laughs> it's um, Tuesday garbage pickup. <laughs> so let me let me uh, talk about that. I, you, part of that healing is to take the garbage out, right? To take the garbage, oh, perfect lower energy of your field, because we're we're always in that process. I've used the analogy of um, you know the the onion, the peeling off the layers of the onion. Um, and in between each layer uh, it is stuck energy, is stuck energy from this lifetime, past traumas and dramas from previous, how you came in and how you look at that and how you actively release those energies and taking out the garbage um, is how you move forward in your healing and expansion. So we're vibrational beings. And as vibrational beings, uh, we, uh, there's the law of attraction. So what is attracted to us is going to be a vibrational match for what's going on. And um, I like food analogy. So we are these vibrational beings in a colander. You know, my visual is those Tupperware, yellow Tupperware colanders. Right? And you're vibrational being in this colander. And what is going on on your world is what is the direct uh, attraction for the law of attraction, the direct match for your energy. When you start moving up the vibrational scale, when you start moving to increase your vibration, and no matter what platform you use, an energy healing, meditation, prayer, um, uh, changing the way that you eat, just actively, deliberately um, honoring your body vessel, whatever it is that you start moving up the vibrational scale, what no longer matches this vibration is going to fall out the holes. And this is the process of healing. Now, what happens though, is a lot of times people want that and they start moving up the vibrational scale and what no longer serves them is falling out the holes, but then they have attachment. So they have attachment to maybe people or habits or um, circumstances. And then they go, oh, I, I don't want to let go of that partner. I don't want to let go of that job. I don't want to let go of that because I'm afraid of change. And so then they bounce back down into this lower frequency. Um, and I do have to say that a higher frequency and a lower frequency, there's no judgment about what's better. It's just, it just is. Um, but I wanna make sure that listeners understand that. It's a very um, important point. It is an important point because people start to, the ego comes in and they start saying, oh, well, I'm at a higher vibration and they're at a lower vibration, I'm better than them. Mm, the, the antithesis of mindfulness. But um, anyway, so, uh, so that's the process of, um, how we navigate the healing and to get back to the original question is I just I look at my own life um, you know how they say he, uh, teacher you know heal thyself or healer hero thyself or you know I 
I never wanted to be in a place, to be quite honest, where I spoke to groups um, as a um, as a person that came from not being comfortable in their own skin, I, you know, I could meet with people one-on-one -on -one and that was comfortable. And then it became that I needed to talk to larger groups and larger groups and larger groups. Now it's, um, it, it's kind of second nature for me to do it. And I love it because I know that this information that I have to share is number one, my life's purpose. Secondly, it will change people's lives. And, um, that would be kind of a selfish thing for me to do is to keep that information to myself. <laughs> um, so my own practice is to do my own work. And um, that is part of actually the entire program that is Mindful Makeovers is my entire practice. And there are core concepts in it. Uh, it's an acronym Learn and Be. And some of these core concepts are, are very humble and they're not going to be new to most people, um, but they're not, maybe there's a little twist into how you think about that core concept. And then beyond that are three tools that uh, you implement immediately and within 24 hours, the majority of people feel a difference, have in some significant difference. And then the proprietary processes, which, um, really tickle me because they came through for, uh, for me, a couple of them specifically, um, during meditation that um, I always get jazzed when I am given inspired thought <laughs> and uh, information that I, I test everything. And so I test it on myself and I'm constantly testing and utilizing also with my client base over you know many, many years and thousands of people. And I see that these, that they work so significantly. So um, I do my own practice. I do my own work. And, um, and I really never want to not do that. So, Lee, you recommended that I do your water chakra wash meditation. Water, waterfall. Mm -hmm. water, 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 what, what is it called? Waterfall chakra wash. Waterfall chakra wash. Okay. I had an amazing experience, <laughs> but it all happened the next day, the day after. Is she cleared? Yeah. Wow. I hadn't felt that good in years. Oh. It was scary, amazing how different I felt. And I said, what happened yesterday? <gasps> I did the meditation. And I know that was what it was. And I cannot wait to do it again and make oh, it a regular part of my practice. It's amazing. Now, um, that can be found at Insight Timer app. Is that correct? Yeah, you can also find it on my website, um, just uh, leepapa.com and um, L-E-E-P-A-P-A. -P -A, and there's a meditation tab. And you click on that meditation tab, and that'll take you down where you can access that particular um, meditation it really is a, a a gift to the universe um i can't take full credit for that i can take the credit for actually being the one that speaks it but um, it is highly infused with healing and uh oh it's so gentle and beautiful i i um i like the whole idea of multitasking so if i'm going to do a meditation i want it to be power packed. I want it to be short. I want to get a lot out of it. I want um, healing as well. And that is, that's the bomb. It really is. And 
uh, that uh, whole CD is available also on my uh, website as a download. And what I did is the waterfall chakra wash is just, and, and this is why that one I, and a couple of others I just, I, I give. And it's on Insight Timer, which is an amazing app. Um, I don't get any, you know, residual of anything on that. I just think that everybody should be on that app. Um, it is, to me, the, um, uh, the leading edge in meditation apps. I think it's, it's fantastic. And there are thousands of instructors on that. I feel very honored that they asked me to be a part of that. I also started a, a group the other day um, just for um, Lead Papa and Mindful Makeovers. But that particular meditation is six minutes long. And when I teach meditation, I talk about, you know, when I first started stepping into meditation, I was still with the monkey mind, still type A, uh, prior to near-death experience. And the idea of having to sit for 30 minutes in silence in the morning and in the afternoon was uh, just not going to happen. That was just so far from where I could, in my mind, feel like I could get um, that I felt defeated. So uh, I love that this is short. It's six minutes. It's guided. So people that are new to meditation have a place for their mind to go to without the chatter. So when you focus on someone's voice or a journey or sound, it takes, takes you out of yourself, basically. And, um, and what I also love about that meditation is that it layers on itself. So in other words, as you add that to your morning practice, and I really recommend it in the morning, um, you start your day with that six minutes and you can add more quiet time after that if you have that time to uh, invest, which I highly recommend. Um, but you'll clear and clear and clear and clear and clear. Uh, my focus is to empower the individual to find uh, that healing that they need within themselves, to give them the tools, the concepts, the processes that they can do it all themselves. And then they can teach their friends and their loved ones how to uh, you know, heal and, and expand themselves. That is amazing. We're having a great time today talking with mindfulness and meditation expert, Lee Papa. Her website is leepapa.com, L-E-E-P-A-P-A.com. And I want to start talking about your new online program. But first, it's the big question. What is mindfulness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question because it's so easy. Um, mindfulness equals awareness. And that's it in its simplest form. Uh, to go a little deeper is um, awareness of what's going on around you and internally, your thoughts, your actions, your mind chatter. Um, with Here's the, the trick, um, with no judgment. So no judgment of whether it's good or bad, just uh, being aware. So what ends up happening is when you move through a mindfulness program, when you really embrace mindfulness in your life, everything becomes um, the process. Um, I remember years ago when I had my center, uh, someone asked me, you know, you know, how often do you meditate? And, and a lot of times people, um, you know, I have no problems with prayer versus meditation, I think, you know, there's, they, they can be interchangeable. Uh, I have a friend who talks about prayer and I said, you know, I live my life in a constant state of prayer. 
I live my life in a constant state of meditation. Now, do I extract time out in the day to do the official meditation? Absolutely. Um, but the, the process in embracing mindfulness um, is easy. You just have to do it. And I think that um, I, I love the idea that mindfulness has become uh, so uh, embraced in the media, um, makes uh, my job a lot easier because, um, you know, people are understanding what it is. But um, a lot of times people think med mindfulness is meditation and meditation is a part of mindfulness, but mindfulness is, is really much more than that. And mindful makeovers is like mindfulness on steroids. <laughs> because yeah. I integrate a lot more into it. Now, you've been working with clients one-on-one -on -one in your Mindful Makeovers program for years now, and you've put it into this online program. It's a huge task. I develop online courses also. That is a huge task. It's much harder than it seems. Yes. Uh, how did you do that? How did you take all of that and put it into a program? Because it's a hard thing to do. Well, I, um, I joke about the book, uh, The Temple of All-Knowing, being a labor of love. It was like, um, you know, from having a child uh, and laboring for 33 hours, that the, writing this, it took four years for me to get that to the point of being able to publish it. Uh, that was excruciating, but, you know, loving every bit of it as well. Um, then moving into the program and mindful makeovers is actually a, a new term um, or name brand that I'm using for all the information that I've packaged working with private clients for all these years and and teaching so I just took the best of everything that I've learned um, and integrated it into a very manageable and accessible program again you know uh, going back to the waterfall chakra wash and being six minutes and being power packed. Um, the program is built so that you can invest 15 to 30 minutes a day and, uh, and, and it be profound. And so it's not hours and hours and hours of watching video because um, first of all, I wouldn't do that. And I want people to have access to the information so that um, they can implement it into their life. And I'm like, you know, I would invest six minutes a day. I would invest 15 minutes a day. I would, you know, so if I, if I would do it and, it and I can see the results, I know anybody can do it. Um, so I did very short video teachings and they are on average 10 to 15 minutes uh, that is the introductory session. And then there is a manual and the manual is uh, 108 pages. And there's a, an additional information on each session as well as a worksheet. And in that program, there are 26 sessions and there are additional kind of little clips, uh, rah, rah, cheerleader clips to keep you going. A total of 44 and um, all together. And uh, I just am extremely proud of this program. And uh, what tickles me the most is when uh, people use the online program and 
I'm, they're getting the same results as those who I have worked with one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Now, some people want more hand-holding, and so you can always access me with, you know, consulting, doing that kind of work um, on Skype and, and um, or FaceTime or telephone. We can do that. Um, but it really, again, going back to wanting to empower people, it's all there. You just have to do it. Right, you just have to implement them and uh, and utilize the tools and the processes and um, and you've seen it yourself with one six minute meditation how you can have a shift. Oh, I'm definitely diving in. I'm diving into the world of Lee Papa and my own personal <laughs> mindfulness. It's just come just at the right time for me. I love it. Absolutely. It always does, which, uh, you know, is great. I hear it time and time again. Like, I can't believe it. Uh, or people will call and say, you're not going to believe it. And I, I believe it. I, I believe it all because it's, um, we live in a really magical world. And when you navigate mindfully, you see that magic every day. Lee, I believe one of your more popular phrases is cancel, clear. Okay, so <laughs> I've, been doing, the t -shirt. <laughs> I've been doing cancel, clear, you know, while I'm walking the dog, feeding the chickens. I'm cancel, clear. Wow. And it really is making me aware of all these thoughts I don't really want to necessarily put energy into. Tell, right. tell, me, tell us, share, cancel, clear. Um, well, it's actually one of the tools. It's the number one tool in the program. Oh, and no, then we shouldn't talk about it. No, I'm happy to. I love it. Um, no, there's so much in the program. And, and it's something that you're going to go over and, uh, and utilize over and over and over again. This is a lifelong program. It's not something, you know, you do once. You'll constantly come back to it. Um, no, it's a beautiful thing to share, and I'm happy to do it. Cancel clear. Um, we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Some, they, scientists say, even up to 90. You know, that's for the real monkey mind. I think I was up to 90 at one point. Um, so how many of those thoughts do you think that we're actually choosing, number one? And I would bet that the majority of them are um, on autopilot. Things that we have learned, things that we have said to ourselves, mostly not optimal, right? And so when we become conscious of our dialogue, our internal dialogue, and what we're really saying to ourselves, uh, that's how we can change it. When it's on autopilot and it's just running that program in the background, you don't, you're not aware. It just comes out. And then, then it's just being reinforced over and over and over again. But when you use cancel clear and literally state cancel clear, and first of all, I, I really believe everything should be fun because if the program's not fun, you're not going to do it. And for myself, it needed to be fun to keep me interested. And, to, you know, I, I, I'd like to have fun. <laughs> I want to laugh and be blissful every day, even when I'm healing and expanding, of course. So, um, so it becomes a fun little thing that you can do with your family, with your friends, with your office. And, um, you know, I will say, don't cancel clear other people. You know, <laughs> know what cancel clear is. Um, I cancel clear in my head all the time. So if I am talking to somebody and there's a lot of negativity being spewed, I'm cancel clearing in my head. Um, the next part after cancel clear is so what are what are, let's just use you as an example what might be some phrases that are less than optimal that you say to yourself oh gosh <laughs> wow um uh 
and some people i'll give you some hints i can't i can't I can't yeah, put think of any I can share. When I'm speaking to an audience um, uh, in, in the corporate world, uh, a lot of times I'll use, well, I'll start you out with, you know, this client is going to drive me crazy, right? Or we, people say that about their children, right? Um, and so we would cancel clear that and we would say, this client is, um, you know, with uh, I move through this situation with this client with ease and grace. So you you state something that is an affirmative that counteracts that limiting belief or that uh, that less than optimal thought. And what happens is, and um, and it's best to really give yourself two or three go to affirmative statements so that until you get uh, comfortable with it and on the fly to be able to change what it is that uh, that less than optimal statement was, um, that you can use something that is just kind of a global affirmative statement. Um, I love the term ease and grace. So I want everything to come with ease and grace. So I add that to the end of everything. Um, but so cancel clear is really the tool to get you connected with what your creating because with your words with your thoughts you're creating your reality and that uh, is part of the concepts as well so you learn more about what that really means in the core concepts um, but I love cancel clear and we did actually start t-shirts I have to get them up on the website I, right. love, them. I love it neither of us are doctors but when we do raise our vibration, have loving, mindful thoughts, and are in a beautiful place in our lives, our physical well-being really does shift dramatically. And I, I don't think people even realize the connection so much between how they're feeling physically and all the other aspects of their being. Can you, can you comment on that? Oh, yeah. Great subject. Um, I became acutely aware of uh, that very thing. As I had stated prior, I used to be sick all the time. And um, a lot of upper respiratory infections every year, absolutely, had that lower um, uh, abdominal issues. And um, if I would have had Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life, <laughs> way back then, I would have had more of an aha moment then, but needed to navigate it, you know, at my own pace. Um, and I guess also through the near-death experience, I learned so much. But um, as I worked on everything from a place of my spiritual healing and expansion, it my health started to increase and increase and increase and those uh, residual uh, nasty little things that i would get uh, were were never a vibrational match for me anymore so um i my <laughs> medicine cabinets were full of every kind of medicine you can imagine for you know everything i mean it was like you know my bathroom was a CVS. Um, and years and years and years ago, that all got, you know, moved away. I only work with essential oils uh, for myself and my family. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a place when you need it. Um, but a lot of times you just don't, you need it. You know, you keep yourself in a place of a high vibration and you work with energy healing and, 
and acupuncture and um, uh, I found that energy healing like Reiki and um, there are so many different kind of modalities out there, but it's very important that you uh, find the right practitioner. Uh, Reiki is a beautiful uh, energy and, and also becoming Reiki uh, one, which is about working on healing yourself. I recommend that for everybody. And when I became Reiki, I realized that um, when you can activate that within yourself, uh, there is an empowering feeling. And when you can actually feel the energy in your hand, it's that aha moment. And when you're raising your frequency uh, and being able to you know, work on your own healing and well-being, it is very empowering. So um, rarely do I get kind of anything. I listen to my body. Uh, if I don't listen to my body and if old patterning creeps in and I'm not resting or I'm not eating the way that I, I should be, uh, you know, we, we still have um, free will. And if that big piece of chocolate cake and, and you know, <laughs> um, eating things that I know don't, uh, are, are not at the highest um, benefit for me, if I'm going to, you know, eat breads and uh, things that are cheeses, things that are, I know for myself are not in alignment, then I'm going to, I'm going to get the uh, residual effect from that. I'm going to not feel well, or I'm going to feel sluggish, or um, if I don't listen to my body and I don't rest, uh, if I don't get the amount of rest that I need, or if I've, you know, I, I call it falling off the slipstream. If for some reason, busyness has taken over in my life and I've moved away from taking my supplements or resting or meditation, um, I see it almost immediately in my life. And so it's the universe's say, you know, way of saying, you know, get on, get back on the slipstream. I hope that answered that because I... Oh, beautifully, beautifully. <laughs> Lee, um, I was wondering, do you do yoga at all? I don't. You don't. Okay. And I love that question. <laughs> um, many people assume that I do. And um, I've had many people assume that I'm a vegetarian as well, and I'm not. Um, and I have no, you know, I think everyone individually should navigate their uh, experience from their own inner knowing, from their own temple of all knowing. And uh, for me, that has just not been you know, uh, uh, my path. Um, I've taken some yoga classes and it's just not been something that I have embraced in my own life. Um, but I know many yoga instructors. I know many people who um, find that practice extraordinary. Uh, it's just not been for me at this point. Um, and uh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I like the idea of it, you know, and okay. the, the yoga, um, there's so many different yogas, you know, there, there, uh, there are yoga practices that have nothing to do with the, the stretching and, um, and the, the poses. So, uh, you know, it seems like, that yoga would marry well with your teachings and they would be a nice combination for someone to explore. I, I would bet I um, actually am doing a conference this month and uh, they wanted to, it's 10,000 people in attendees and they wanted to add yoga and they were like, you know, can you do a yoga class? And um, I'm like, no, 
<laughs> I do a yoga class. Uh, it was very pretty. Uh, so, you know, I partnered with someone to, uh, who, who is an amazing instructor. So. That's, that's good. Poor hey, where you seem like someone who's got some plans, like you know what you're going to do next. So can you give us an idea of what you are brewing? Um, well, I just launched the new website and Mindful Makeovers Online. And I want to take this time between now and the end of the year to really embrace that. And um, my previous uh, mode of operation would be to not enjoy uh, the fruits of my labor to be moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, I'm really enjoying my space and time right now. Uh, my son is 11 years old and is just an amazing being. And um, my life partner, uh, Mark, is just an extraordinary uh, gift in my life. And um, so we are we're spending a lot of um, appreciation time we're spending a lot of time in gratitude that we are where we are in our lives. And um, I'm able to spend as much quality time with my son as he is moving into who he is already, right? So I think he came into this world um, saying, I am going to experience every aspect and everything that I possibly can. And so, you know, he's in soccer, he's in go-kart racing, um, acting and modeling and uh, loving life. He's just, he's a joy to be with. Um, so that's it on my personal level. And I, you know, love to travel and experience life. Uh, on the on the, um, and, and it's funny because I'm saying personal and professional because the truth is it's all one. Um, but as far as how I spread mindful makeovers and how I spread this information, um, I'm loving the corporate work that I'm doing. So I'm moving into uh, bringing mindfulness training, a meditation room to corporations, meetings, functions, uh, you know, conferences. And uh, that I, I get a lot of joy out of because I'm able to reach a lot of people. Um, my, uh, my goal, my mission is to bring mindfulness training uh, globally and not just mindfulness training, mindful makeovers. And the reason why I'm distinguishing it, because I said earlier, it's like mindfulness on steroids. It goes so far beyond just mindfulness training. Um, there's such gems in there and so many people are suffering needlessly uh, like I did uh, because I just didn't have the information like so packaged so neatly right and um, and it's just it's really accessible so um, I have some books in me and I have some other things uh, stirring and I'm just going to allow them to unfold at the natural pace that they will and, um, and always have products. So the creativity part, if I had 10 of me, actually, I don't want 10 of me. I would, I would like <laughs> 10 people that uh, are really great implementers because the designs and the concepts and the creativity just flow. Um, but it takes time to implement all those things. And, um, you know, the online program, if it weren't for uh, my partner, Mark, and uh, his uh, beautiful friends and connections, um, 
uh, I have to give a shout out to my dear, my new dear friend, uh, Freeman White, who did the, the videos and um, Jack Shell, who did uh, the music uh, behind the new meditations that are in the Mindful Makeovers program. Um, and also um, uh, uh, John uh, Kasanjan, who has, he's a beautiful artist and his visual art is behind a couple of the videos that are on the Mindful Makeovers program and Didier Siambra, uh, his photographic art is there. Uh, if it weren't for just these extraordinary beings that um, help support this program, it wouldn't have gotten done as quickly as it did. And um, so I just, I want to take some time and really enjoy that and help people navigate that program. And uh, that sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful, Lee. We have had a delightful and mindful time today with mindfulness expert Lee Papa. I invite all of you to visit leepapa.com to learn more about Lee's offerings and her new online Mindful Makeovers training program. Lee, I'm hoping you can share some closing words of wisdom with us. Um, I think. You know, for, for me, what I learned in navigating my journey is that I never took care of myself. I always saw um, that I was, I, I wanted to take care of everyone else. And, and actually, until I started to understand what that was all about, it was a way to feed myself by caring for others. I didn't know how to say no. Um, I always thought that I was doing the right thing. And what I learned through my own process and working with people um, is you need to nourish yourself mindfully and give from the overflow. And when you do that, you realize that uh, going within is an extraordinary journey. Going within is not a selfish act. It's, it's a necessary uh, act for your own healing and expansion. And it is what gives you the foundation to be able to fully give. So nourish yourself mindfully and give from the overflow. Oh, that was so beautiful, Lee. Uh, thank you so much for thank joining you, with us on Spirit of the Dawn. It has been a delightful time together. Thank you. It really has. Thank you for the opportunity. Deep grat oh, yes, yes. I hope to meet you in person soon. I would really like that. Good. I'll come your way. Sounds good. It's absolutely wonderful here. I think you'd enjoy that very much. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I invite all of you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational interviews. Sending love from my home to yours, I am Pleiadian Emissary of Life, Caroline Roth.